All right, welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church, where we dig further into the message from Sunday, explore how to apply it to our lives, and offer a practice that will help us engage in prayer and grow in relationship with God. I'm Chris Kopp, one of the pastors here, and with me today is Tiffany Malloy, pastor of Spiritual Formation. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. You all, I am so excited for this fall and this I Am series that we're in. And today we are getting to talk to Pastor Charles Yu in just a moment to get a little bit behind the scenes, look at why the teaching team chose this series, why now, and just what we're hoping that God might do in our church through um, these I Am statements of Jesus. Yeah, so a little more background on what to expect from this podcast. Uh, each week after Sunday's message, we'll have something midweek to kind of help us bring Sunday's message into the rest of our week. Whether that's an interview with the teaching pastor like this week, talking with a panel about how they're living out those words of Jesus in their own lives, uh, maybe a guided reflection or prayer practice to help us connect with God, uh, or some combination of those things. So like today, after we talk with Charles for a bit, we'll guide you through a short reflection time as an opportunity to connect with God. But before we jump into things with Charles, uh, I know this podcast is just one of many tools that we're providing this fall so that we can better follow Jesus together and grow in our faith. Uh, So Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the other things going on this fall? Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, first off, you guys, hopefully you've been hearing about opportunities to join a group over these past few weeks. Y'all, I know that it is a weird season and that screen fatigue is real. Maybe some of you parents have no idea what's going on in your lives yet with all the virtual school. But listen, I think that having a community of other Christ followers that we're meeting with regularly is more important now than ever. So if you're not already in a group, sign up for one today on our website. Um, All right, second, we have a couple of reading plans available this fall that we will walk you through. All four Gospels of Jesus' life, um, one of the reading plans you can do in 30 days, and then you just kind of start back over. Um, Over the course of this fall, you'll have read through the Gospels three times. Um, And then the other one is a little bit of a slower pace, and that one you read all four Gospels over the course of 90 days. So we are encouraging everybody to choose one of those plans. Um, And finally, as you're reading the Bible, digging in this fall, we have created a couple short videos for you um, on how to choose a reading plan, how to choose a translation, a couple um, that give some guidance regarding how to read the Bible. So we will continue to make more and release those over the course of this fall. But um, I'm just really excited about all these resources and hope that you are going to find them really helpful. That's awesome. Uh, And people can find all of those things on our website? Yeah, that's right. Just click on the link on our homepage. It says IEM Series Resources and Tools, and you'll find all of them right there. I love that. Uh, The Sunday sermons I know in my own life and and worship services, especially when they were in person, but even now online, uh, they're just such an important part of growing in faith, but it can't be the only thing that we do throughout the week if we want to grow closer to Christ. Um, So those are some great opportunities to dig in further ourselves. Uh, All right. Well, this past Sunday, Pastor Charles kicked us off uh, with uh, his first message in our new I Am series, where we'll go through the I Am statements of Jesus. If you didn't get a chance to check that out, maybe press pause on this podcast and go back and listen to that first. This will make a little bit more sense if you do that. Uh, But today we welcome in Charles to give us a little peek behind the curtain of this series. So welcome, Charles. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks, Tiffany. Yeah. Thank you for setting this up. This is great. We're excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. All right, so Charles, we're going to get into more serious questions in a second, but a few weeks ago, 
I've heard during the food drive that you were in control of the music that was playing that afternoon. Oh and boy. it sounds like it was a pretty eclectic playlist. <laughs> so my question to start us off, what band or artist is one of your guilty pleasures to listen to and you can't say Taylor Swift? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I, first of all, I don't believe that such a thing is a guilty oh. pleasure. Pleasure is pleasure. There's no guilt in, associated. Good. Okay, good. Um, but... I think what people find, okay, I listen to a lot of different kind of music, but I think people find most surprising is that I'm sometimes drawn to, um, let's see, you know, um, alternative or um, kind of emo rock. Oh. So one of the, one of the, the band I really I enjoy uh, is Paramore. Uh, they are kind of a, they're kind of a, like I said, alternative emo, very angsty, very angry. I mean, our group, my girls call it you know, angry girl rock. <laughs> I like their old stuff, of, of the stuff before the Farrah Brothers left. So it's kind of the earlier, before 2011, earlier albums. So when I feel like just kind of experiencing a lot of emotions, I'm kind yeah. of a, kind of a, I'm, I'm emotionally kind of steady kind of person. Mm -hmm. So when I want to experience kind of emotion, I just blast them. And it's just kind of, it's kind of fun. It's fun for me. I Cathartic. would love Cathartic. to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear me sing along. It's not, it's not, pretty, it's not a pretty sight. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, there you go. The more you know about Pastor Charles Yu. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, now that we know Charles a little bit better, uh, Charles, let's talk about your message that kicked off uh, the I Am series on Sunday. You talked a little bit about how this I Am series was at least in part born out of thinking about our present situation of being isolated. Uh, maybe some of us are sensing a loss of identity as things have been stripped away. We're not able to attend in-person worship services. So tell me more about that. Why spend seven weeks on the I Am statements of Jesus and why right now? Yeah, you know, we've been in this season for quite a while now. So for what, four, five, six months now? Six months. Six months, oh my goodness. It's been a while, and I think we're beginning to realize where people are at. I mean, it's, we're getting the feedback. There is a sense of loss of rhythm. I mean, I think so many of us, when we follow Christ, we count on the church to provide structure. We go to church on Sundays, we have a life group or Bible study, um, and then that just kind of gets us through the week. There's a rhythm to it. We hear who we are. Oh, we're, we're, we're Christ followers. We're son of children of God. Awesome. Well, that's gone. And so watching it on, the, on screen isn't quite the same. You know, Barnard Group is show, telling us that I think a third of the Christians are not watching anything. They're not going to church. They're not watching anything. They're just kind of tremendous loss of this rhythm. And as we talked about this, look, what we're realizing is, hey, look, it, it's always been the case, but now more than ever, it's not just about going to church on Sundays. That the structure that gives us meaning, we should construct in our own lives. I, I, you know, the, 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 the time my life changed completely was my junior year in college when I decided every day at the end of the day, 30 minutes, I would read scripture and I would write down my prayer for the day. That changed my life because I made that time holy. I set it apart. I created a structure and God responds and he jumped in. And he got to know me and changed my life. So what we're looking for, I think, for this fall is like, hey, those external structures are kind of out of the way. We need to build our own. And that's what we're encouraging everybody to do. And so we're saying, hey, here's a sermon series on, on Jesus. Get to know Jesus. That's the solution. And uh, you need to read the Bible. You need to commit yourself to prayer time and to community and group time. 
Um, when I was, I'm going to share a story. When uh, when all this hit, when COVID hit, I um, was in the middle of reading through um, the Bible, just like the one year plan. And I was, I don't know, somewhere judges. It was dark. And I was like, I, I need something different. I feel like I need Jesus. That's the overwhelming sense that I had. And so I started um, reading the gospels continuously and it has been a lifeline for me yeah. during this season. And so, and that's precisely yeah. it. I mean, I mean, we just did Mark last year. Yeah. And we're like, no, I think we need more. We need more Jesus. We need to get to know Jesus. Yeah. I think the example I, I, I use is, um, is have you, you guys remember a Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the movie? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, it's, it's kind of a, 1986, great year for movies. Um, but anyway, in, in, in Ferris Bueller's high school, anytime anybody has a problem, they don't offer solutions. People say, go talk to Ferris. Hmm. I think as pastors, you know, we're like, we don't offer advice. We don't offer solutions. We say, go talk to Jesus. Hmm. Okay, that's the best advice I can give to anyone. That's good. Okay, so, right, Charles, I'm thinking about the parent in this season who's in week two or week three of virtual school and feeling overwhelmed. They're trying to work, they're trying to help their kids, um, or the person who has lost their job, is looking for a job, has been unemployed for a while during the season, um, who's somebody whose business went under or is going under currently. Practically speaking, what do these statements that we're going to be talking about have for someone that's that may be in a situation like that? What? How are these statements in the words of Jesus relevant to our lives? And you kind of just said it, yeah. but can you expand on that? Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, you know, we our sermons are not, hey, here's how you organize your young children into perfectly perfectly good angels when they can do school online, or here's how you find a job. We're not mm-hmm. offering advice for life. We're telling you who is the source of life. We're telling you who you go to to live life fully, a life powered by God. And, 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 and we do that because every single one of you, you're listening, your situation is different. There's no one advice that fits everybody. So what happens if when you get to know Jesus, things change, things look different. He changes how you see your, your, your life. He changes how you organize your relationships. Something happens to you. And I can't tell you what that is. But there's been too many people's lives have been transformed for us to go, ah, that's just luck, that's just circumstance. When you get to know Jesus, things happen in your life. So we don't, I don't, nothing in our sermon series that says I am is gonna go, here's how you help your five-year-old sit and watch Zoom properly. That's not coming up. If you're looking for that, we're not going to offer that. But we are going to offer, here. here's the brokenness of our world. And here's what Jesus promised to do in the midst of this brokenness, in our brokenness. And the solution is him. Get to know him. And I think that that's what right, our souls are longing for. So we appreciate that that's what you're doing. Well, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I've had many sleepless nights at three in the morning with a one-year-old that won't go to bed. And I've wanted Jesus to just come and, and give me <laughs> advice on what it looks like to, to, to make that happen and, and for kids to sleep. But no, that's great. Thanks, Charles. Well, um, I want to turn a little corner here, um, like you did in your message, because up to this point, we're largely been talking about Jesus as El Shaddai, right? So we're this God that meets our personal needs, who 
teaches us how to get our kids to sleep and how to find a job um, brings comfort. But um, and those things are very important. But part of what you did in your message was to try to help us shift toward also thinking about Jesus as Yahweh, as the one who rules the nations, is advancing his kingdom of justice and peace. So can you tell us more about that? Um, maybe was there a moment in your own life where that clicked and that shift happened for you? Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting question because um, my, my own story is a little different from, I mean, look, everybody has different stories. Every story is different. But my story, I think it differs from a lot of people because I, the, the, the turning point, the, really, the thing that shaped who I am happened when I was 10. Our, our family immigrated from Taiwan to Los Angeles. And as a 10-year-old growing up under, you know, my parents' teaching and, you know, protection, in one moment, everything changed. Because my parents didn't know the culture, didn't know the language. I think within two years, I was running everything on my own. I mean, there's, I was still living in their house, but I talked to all the teachers. I, I took care of, you know, business letters, of t- official phone calls. What, what that instilled in me was this need to be hyper-competent. I need to, I not only needed to, I I confidence that I can figure anything out. And so when I met Jesus as El Shaddai, as somebody who's, who helps me, I didn't really like that Jesus very much. I mean, I was at the church where they're always preaching, God's going to help you, God takes care of you. And I'm like, and, you know, we've got people crying and they're all emotional. I'm like going, what the heck is, what is this place? And because I just, I thought the church is for people who are weak, people who can't handle it. And I just didn't feel that way. It wasn't until college. Um, I met people who explained to me, they didn't use the term Jesus as Yahweh, but they explained the whole gospel. That what, what God is doing in our world and what he's trying to do and what he's enlisting me to do. And that, that, that called me. Because what I was looking for wasn't somebody to help me. What I was looking for was a meaning, a purpose. Because I was looking for something bigger than myself. I want something that's, that I can jump into and go, wow, that's a worthy cause I want to give my life to. So I jumped in with Jesus as Yahweh. Because then it turns out, look, I had a lot of needs. I have a lot of places I needed help. I just was pushing them all down. I, I refused to look at them because I needed to be hyper-competent. So I need to grow and, and become, and to appreciate Jesus as El Shaddai. And that's what I've been doing, you know, since college. So it's kind of a reverse process, actually. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I like so much of what I'm hearing these days from certain segments of the American church is just to preach the gospel. Don't get caught up in talking about justice or peace or things going on in our cities and around the world. Jesus came to save sinners. So let's just focus on that or so the, the story goes. Um, but I, like, I think of people my age that like we want to latch on to a bigger gospel like that and a bigger Jesus who has a bigger story for our lives. Um, so I think when I heard your message on Sunday, a light bulb kind of went on for me and that it seems like there's a tension here between being focused on and preaching Jesus as El Shaddai, this personal deity. And then on the other hand, Jesus as Yahweh, who is concerned with justice and peace and some of the social outer workings of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Uh, But of course, Jesus is both. And if we sacrifice one for the other, we're not really getting a full picture of who Jesus is or what it means to follow him. Am, am I on the right track, Charles, kind of thinking along those lines? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that, that's, that was what attracted me to Jesus in the first place. Um, look, I grew up uh, learning that the gospel is, hey, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Your sins are forgiven on the cross. Therefore, you have an eternal life with Jesus in heaven. That's all true. Every sentence in that is true, except 
the gospel in the Bible takes that, incorporates that within the larger invitation, which is God is out to change the world. He sent his son Jesus as a king to redeem and fix and establish justice in this world. Do you want to join in? Mm. Do you want to have a role in that? Do you want to participate? And I think, I, I don't know. I mean, look, when I, when I was in my 20s, that hit me hard. I don't know if that resonates with people you're listening right now because, because I think a lot of us, we're looking for that bigger thing. We're looking for that mission. Like, I, is this all there is to life? Uh, you know, getting, getting a good education, getting a good job, having things, survival, have some fun. Is that all there really is? And I think in the time of pandemic, when all those other things that we're busy ourselves with are being stripped away, okay, NFL came back. Okay, go, go Packers. But <laughs> when those things are being stripped away, you're like, wait, what is my life reduced to? What does it really look like? And what it looks like is, I'm just surviving. I'm just doing stuff. Is there really nothing bigger than this? Is there not more to this life? And I think that's what you're getting at. I think the, this younger generation is saying, hey, it's got to be bigger than just my life being saved, right? And then we learn, hey, Jesus wants to establish justice and equity in our, in our world. Do you want to jump in? Oh, by the way, if you jump in, you need to get to know him. You need to figure out how, how he does things because he does it different from how the world does things. Yeah. So, you know, invite you in. Come on in and meet Jesus as Yahweh, the one who wants to change the world. So for the person who is sitting there and thinking, well, actually, that is kind of how I do see Jesus, mostly as my Savior. And I, I'm interested in, in learning more about what it looks like to see God as a bigger, this bigger, this bigger mission, this big, bigger purpose. How would, you, how would you recommend that they kind of go about learning more about that? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, look, there's a lot of different places to go. Um, I, I would recommend a few books. Uh, for example, uh, King Jesus Gospel by Scott McKnight is an excellent choice. Almost anything written by N.T. Wright would work. <laughs> Almost. Uh, I would begin with uh, The Bible Project. Watch the, the, the story of the Bible. Because I think once you understand the story of the Bible in, in, in those videos, once you get the story, you go, oh, I know what the ending should look like. Right? If you read the story of the Bible and you see it as, oh, we're sinners separated from God, the solution is we need to be reconciled to God. Then you have a personal salvation story. But when you actually read the Bible and realize, actually, that isn't the problem. The, the big problem isn't, oh, God can't forgive us. Okay? That's never been the problem. Okay? You read through the Old Testament, there's never been God going, I can't forgive people. That's never been the problem. The problem has been the corruption of the earth the earth falling apart and God's like, come on, come on guys, we need to fix this. And he's looking for people to jump in. And so that becomes the dominant, dominating storyline of the Bible. And when we go that direction, so go watch the Bible project and, and you know, watch our, our sermon series on, on Love This Book, we did it in 2017. Watch the Mark series, get the big picture. Once you get it, you're gonna go, oh, I know what the ending is. I know what the appropriate ending is. Um, there are people who have, who have com compared the Bible to kind of like a Shakespearean play. And they would say, the Bible is kind of a, 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 a there's a kind of a five act. Let's say, let's say you know, we found a, a play by Shakespeare. Um, it's supposed to be five acts. And only four acts survived. So we're going to put on this play. So we, we follow the script for the first four acts. And then what do we do for the fifth act, the conclusion? Well, you have these actors who are really good with Shakespeare and they read through the first four acts 
and we put them on stage and have them improvise. Okay? Now, is it kind of free-for-all? No, because they read the first four. They know the trajectory, and they know they're how they're supposed to act. That's kind of what's going on right now. In our, when we know the story, we just kind of intuitively figure out, this is how we're supposed to figure out church. This is what we're supposed to be doing. But you got to read it. you got to know the story, because if you read it wrong, you're going to take it to the wrong conclusion. That's right. Yeah, that's good. That's really good, Charles. Um, well, as we wrap up here, um, what are some of the things, um, you kind of said some of this, but I'd love just some takeaways that you hope might happen in our church, in Blackhawk Church, as we dive into this series. And how do you hope, how do you dream, how are you praying that God is going to change us? Um, wow. Yeah. Um, okay. This is where, you know, you're, you're asking me my big dreams, right? Yeah, so there, right. there are things that have changed my life. Um, and we're doing them this fall. So what that's what's excited, it's exciting to me. Um, uh, spiritual discipline. The building individuals, building into their lives structures to pray, to get to know Jesus. This, it, it doesn't, once a week on Sunday does not do it, folks. I went to church most of my life every Sunday. Nothing changed until I started praying every day and reading the Bible every day. That's one. So I hope, I, I, I yearn for that for the whole church, that we have that one-to-one direct personal relationship with God that isn't going through anybody else. And the second thing, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the Bible reading. And I, and I know this is, you know, kind of, you expect that from me, but going in depth in the Bible, it is transformative. Um, right now, there's a lot of things going on in, in, in the Christian world and churches. And um, a lot of it comes from that we just don't know the Bible like we should. We don't see the world through biblical lens. Uh, so I invite you to go deeper. Um, do the reading, go online, uh, follow the videos. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a, a kind of a blog post coming out on Yahweh in the New Testament that's coming out. Probably will be, will be out by the time this is, this, yeah, it this will is be. available. Yep. You can find it on the so, blog. So yeah, hey, it's a, deep, it's a deeper dive where I get into more Greek and Hebrew. So uh, invite you. Um, this, is, this is a great church with a lot of people who are, who, are, who, who are, I think, passionate about who God is. Well, just think about it. How much time have you spent studying whatever this field you're studying in? How much time have you put into studying NFL football or, or college football statistics? How much time do you get into all these things that you're doing with your life? How about studying God? How about studying his word? Because I think that's going to pay huge dividends. So good. Well, I feel a little personally attacked, if I'm honest, because, well, uh, yeah, I've been trying to follow along with this reading plan, which is good. But yeah, just uh, that's a good word, Charles, to really dig in and to make that a part of our rhythms, even in this season. Charles and I were talking about fantasy football right before this, so... (laughs) Maybe he was telling me to read the Bible instead of, of, of do that. But anyway. Um, both end. We're, we are a church of this both, both end. end. Both there end is go. good. Yeah, I watched Packers yesterday. I love it. Yeah, so like Tiffany said at the beginning, check out the, the tools and the resources that are available on our homepage by going to the I Am Resources and Tools. And uh, all of that's there, the reading plans, the videos, um, and, and other resources available to you. Uh, so Charles, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll definitely look forward to hearing more throughout the rest of the series. Thank you for having me. 
So before you leave for the day, we want to give you just a few minutes of space to reflect on and pray through what we heard in the message on Sunday and got to unpack a little bit earlier in this podcast. So whether you're driving somewhere, out for a walk, or relaxing at home, take just a few minutes to soak in these two passages and pray through these three questions. First, listen to this passage from Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Meditate on that for just a moment. On Sunday, Charles talked about the idea that Jesus can tackle anything. He's got it. So two questions to reflect on. Where do you need Jesus to show up in your life in that way? And what hope does Jesus give you in the midst of whatever you're facing today? Again, take just a moment to reflect and pray to God. Next, listen to this reading from Colossians 1. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood and shed on the cross. Meditate on that for just a moment. Jesus is not only our personal savior, but also the ruler over all creation who invites us to participate in advancing his kingdom. 
How might that change what it looks like for you to follow Jesus? Take a moment to reflect and pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast if you're not already doing so. Uh, And join us for online worship this Sunday as Pastor Chris talks about Jesus as the light of the world. And we'll see you back here next week to take the next step with what we heard on Sunday. Have a great week and God bless.